This is a new podcast series created by the entrepreneurship team at the University of Sussex. We want this to be a space that inspires, informs and speaks to students and recent graduates. Whether you're looking to turn an idea into an income or if you want to be an innovator within an organisation, this podcast is for you. Full disclaimer, we recorded this episode during the lockdown period. Please be kind and bear with the sound quality. Entrepreneurship is all about innovation and learning as you go. Sit back, relax, enjoy the content and forgive us for the sound quality. Today we're going to be talking about learning from things that don't go to plan and starting again. Whether you're the founder of a company or social enterprise, if you're working on a freelance basis or launching a side hustle, there is always the potential for things to change or for things to not work out quite the way you planned. The key to not giving up is reframing failures as learning opportunities. If it didn't work, why didn't it work? Does the customer or beneficiary need something different? Can you pivot your business plan to meet that need? By starting your business lean, that is not spending much to get going and offering the customer an MVP or minimum viable product, that is the most basic version of your product or service, you can gather customer feedback and be continually making changes to your business plan based on the feedback that you receive. As your customers grow, you can then start to use profits to invest in the business. Starting lean means that you can quite literally afford to learn from mistakes and make changes as you go. Today, I'm super excited to be joined by Imelda Fossey, CEO of Fossey Limited. Imelda, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. So great to be talking with you today. Tell us a bit about your current role. As you said, I'm currently CEO of Hospital Limited. Um, so that is my own company that I founded. I essentially launched different products and services kind of under that company. You know, different kind of businesses or different courses. You know, it usually revolves around business, marketing, sales. Um, and that's what we do. <laughs> what would you say a typical day is like for you at the moment, or a typical week? So I'm assuming no two days are the same. Yeah, a typical week is quite varied. Part of what I do is um, marketing and sales consultancy. So oftentimes I'm working with clients, managing client ad accounts. I'm currently trying to scale and bringing stuff in. So I'm finding a lot of my time is currently spent writing systems and processes and documents explaining what I do in kind of document or video form so I can pass that over to somebody else. I'd say that's what the majority of my time is spent doing. But I also do uh, a lot of trainings as well, again, on Facebook and marketing. So either not talking to anybody and doing lots of processes and documents or I'm like on webinars for hours teaching people and being very vivacious. So it's kind of either or. Would you say that you prefer one over the other? Do you prefer like the process quiet time stuff or the uh, chatting to people and training people or a bit of both? Yeah so it, that's a, a funny question because I think I find the chatting to people and being on webinars like easier. I'm just like 
top blogger, just kind of do things on the fly, do as I go along. The processes and the systems and the documents, that probably isn't where my natural strength is and that has to think very operationally, something that I do very instinctively. How do I put that in a document and instruct somebody else so they can kind of do it? So I feel like that takes up a lot of my brain energy, but it pushes my business forward a lot, so I do enjoy it in that sense. Okay, so that's your motivating factor. You're at a stage where your business is ready to grow. So even though it's not kind of like your sweet spot, it's not necessarily how you prefer to spend your time. You're motivated to do it and put in the grind and get it done because you want to see your business grow. Exactly, exactly that. That sounds like a really cool way to spend your weeks. <laughs> it is. Okay, so I'm going to take you back a bit now. So. Thinking back to when you were a child, what did you want to do when you grew up? Um, oh God, well, this probably didn't have anything to do with business. When I, when I was really young, I didn't really want to be a vet. From a very young age, it was kind of like, I don't know, like the playground hustler, like always bringing things in and trying to flip things and sell things. Okay, amazing. So you initially had this plan to be a vet. You loved animals. Yeah. Actually, also at a fairly young age, you realised that actually I love selling sweets in the playground or I love, like, you were finding ways to be an entrepreneur even at such a young age. You were being creative about how can I turn an idea into some money? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think I was kind of one of those stereotypical, um, there wasn't any kind of business or any kind of thing that I liked. I, I just liked the idea of kind of, taking something and making money from it or kind of creating something. It's in your blood, isn't it? It's in your blood. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say inspires you in business and in life? Oh, what a good question. I pull a lot from sports figures. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Bryant, super inspiring. I was reading a book from his personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And obviously when he passed away earlier this year, I like reread this book and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is just amazing and just kind of that level of drive. But, um, you and I were speaking just before we started recording. Something that I take a lot from sportsmen is also the idea of rest. You can't be, I think in business, because I'm not on the field or, you know, doing a run or in the gym, you forget that you need to, like, take time out as well. And something that I get from a lot of documentaries and a lot that, you know, you have the on-seasons and you have the off-seasons and you have the time to recuperate your body and it's kind of the same with the mind. So I try and take that from a lot of sports figures. And that's such a great point that you've made. So the off seasons, like what might that look like for you? Like how do you relax and manage the pressure of constantly needing to be creative and constantly putting into the business? Business is 24-7, so there is no off season. When the pandemic started, for me, it was like I kind of went into overdrive of that like I have to show up and I have to be doing more so to either get more customers or secure the clients that I have or whatever that may be. But I think in terms of what I try and do to relax is just like, okay, a week out of my diary, like no calls. I always like reading and thinking about work and stuff, just in short you're like a football player, you would be thinking about your sport. Yeah. But um you're not allowed to actually engage and mm-hmm. taking the time out because like I say there's not anybody around who goes, Okay, all entrepreneurs having a break this summer and then we'll we'll reconvene in September. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't happen like that. Okay, fantastic. But you've got a strategy to make sure that you stay healthy and that you have that, that balance and that recuperation time built into yeah. your work schedule, which is great. Yeah, about and, every quarter I 
time of the break, which runs well with the financial shift. So you celebrate what happened, you know, you can kind of reflect on it, take a break and look forward to the next three months. So I think that's how I try and run things. It works well that way. That's fantastic. That's great. Good tip for our listeners, student and recent graduate entrepreneurs. Thank you. How would you say that you became interested in starting a business? I know that you talked about like that awareness at a very young age, but was there something that happened later down the line that made you think, actually, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my job. Yeah, it like I, I say in a way I kind of fell into it, but I guess I, obviously I think looking back at my life now, I've always been messing around and always trying to do things and always trying to make money. Like I got a job at a very, very young age. So I went through quite a different kind of iterations, if you will, of trying to, you know, earn a living, save my first car, whatever it was. I know around 18, 19. So I, I set up an e-commerce business in sixth form that had gone very well, but not so well because it went really well. And I got all these sales and we, I had reached out to like influencers on Twitter and I had all this stuff. This is before influencers were like a thing in like 2013. And because of that, and I focused so much on that in school, and I didn't get into the university that I really wanted to go to. So I had choices to go to other ones. Um, but I was kind of like, no, that's one of my heart sets on. And then it just, I kind of had a conversation with these people, and they just made this recurrent thing with your life is that you keep doing businesses mm-hmm. and I took a year out, did some work, I also did a little bit of travelling and then I got this had this idea which is the first business that I launched and I was like, you know what? I was gonna either come back and go to university or I was gonna like, right, let's go for it and I just decided that I was going to university to study business and I just thought, why don't I just, just set up a business? I think that's what I really want to do. Okay. So I just kind of took the plunge and went into it. That was my mm-hmm. first proper company that like registered a company path, this is the thing, and I was doing this now. Okay. And um, can you tell us about that that business, that first business that you started? Yeah, of course. So um, when I was 19, I founded uh, Let's Us Find It, a fashion search engine. So it was essentially the best way to describe it as like a, a Google for fashion. You would type in um, a fashion item, like um, a black dress, and it would compare on all the thousands of black dresses that were on the internet from all these hundreds or thousands of retailers. So I launched that, outsourced somebody else to build it, mm-hmm. the start of January in 2015. We launched in the summer, raised investment like a month after, and we just kind of like went on from there. So that actual initial business that you had, it all came together really quickly. Yeah, super yeah. quickly, super quickly. So it's so funny because from like 19 to 21, I literally had like the craziest couple of years kind of looking back because I raised over £400,000 of investment. I ended up hiring a staff of 15 people. I moved from Yorkshire where I'm born to Manchester, kind of like we're going through 50, we're scaling up. Flip side of that, which I'm very privileged about, I also had a lot of kind of pressures in terms of finances. I took on a lot of personal debt. The whole time period was just kind of like condensed. We had all these celebrity partnerships and we were sitting and sit down meetings with Boohoo and we were doing all these big things with brands. But it was just kind of like this crazy ride for almost kind of like two, two, three years. And then unfortunately, because back in the 2017, 2018, we had issues with our, with our tech. And mm. I was very kind of emotionally wrung out <laughs> from trying to manage this, this kind of growing company. Um, mm. a lot of things I didn't really kind of sign, sign up to, I guess, or understand when I first got into business. And I'm sure we'll touch on it later, but it's quite funny because 
when I first started doing businesses when I was younger and I explained to you, it's just this fun thing of just like making making money and I lost mm-hmm. all of that in that process of that first company. There was a lot of pressure. There was, you know, staff pressure, investor pressure. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you mentioned your intro about kind of like a lean startup. That's very much my ethos now. Now I have a growing business, but no outside oppression. It's just kind of that bad, that fun. Shall we spin out this service and see if it makes money? Shall we try this product? Kind of like this is what I enjoy. So okay. kind of come full circle and just back to like selling tweets in the playground seeing if anyone will buy anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it, it sounds like that initial business that you had, it grew really quickly. And then you talked about having that external pressure from investors and mm. and perhaps some of the decision making process was then taken out of your hands. Definitely. Um, um and I'm just wondering, because you, you, I heard you speak initially at a conference that we were both at, uh, a women's business conference, and I think that you spoke really eloquently about what you learned from that experience. And I just wondered if you could share some of that for, for our student and recent graduate listeners who may be experiencing something similar. They've started a business and actually things aren't working out the way they planned. How you reframed that experience into learning experience? So firstly, I learned so much from that. I was doing the talk recently and I just said that anything that happens to you, that like that can become your power. You can you can kind of reframe whatever narrative that you want. So mm-hmm. I can look at it and you know, I, I talk about the negative because I think it's very important that I don't do this kind of rosy view of, Oh, I did this and I did that and here we go, here's the happy ending. But in the same way, like, I don't see that time in my life as a negative experience at all because all of that gave me all the lessons that allowed me to get to this point and so much further from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, in terms of a few things that I took away. So, basically, in terms of timelines, you are on your own timeline. I had this whole thing of, like, oh, I, you know, we need to get, you know, we need to hit X by X year and we need to get this and I want to do this before I'm 30 and this before I'm 25. And it's only when it kind of stopped, I was like, nobody was putting this, this pressure. I talk about this pressure, this, you know, staff pressure, this investor pressure. That was all me, really. Because mm-hmm. I had these people, I started putting pressure on myself. I think I learned a lot about that in that, you know, you are nobody's timeline but, but your own mm. and you know you get to decide what works for you i also learned a lot about kind of like uh boundaries so i used to say um i am let us find it and let us find it is me mm. and that is actually a really unhealthy narrative to have because i had wrapped my own personal identity up with the business mm-hmm. which meant that if the business is doing good i feel like i'm doing good if the business is doing bad i feel like i'm doing bad and what I often say is, like, I lost, not lost, but in 19 to 21, those meant to be, like, some of the most fun years. And I was mm-hmm. trapped in my room on my laptop because I think I'm my business. Mm-hmm. And I say to a lot of students, like, you're at university, like, have fun. Like, still make the most of that experience. Mm-hmm. You you don't have to have your business or your entrepreneur, you know, kind of hat on as your whole identity. So that mm-hmm. comes from separating, you know, work time from play time and like melda time. It also mm-hmm. comes from like, well what do I you ask me how are you? I started speaking about how the business is doing. You ask me what I like and I started talking about business that was like, actually Melda like snowboarding and baking and spending time with a family and it was mm-hmm. kind of like I had to pull these two identities apart from each other. Even the books I was reading, I wasn't reading for pleasure anymore. Everything I was reading was to learn okay. and to be better in business. 
and everything, everything I watched, everything I consumed, it was like to get me better in my job role. And it was just kind of like the actual me had just, had just been put on pause, I think, for a few years. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Really, really insightful, really useful points and takeaways for our listeners. So essentially set your own timeline. And be really aware of if, if you're feeling pressure to move faster, where's that coming from? It's likely to be you yourself. Also to be mindful of boundaries. So to have boundaried work time, boundaried business activity time, and outside of that, family time, relaxation time, for our current students, study time. For our recent graduates, it might be work time if you're developing a side hustle, or if you've got caring responsibilities. So... Yeah, to be really bounded with your time and not lose yourself. Okay, so I know from the start of this interview and from talking to you previously that creativity is a, is a big part of your week, a big part of your life and your business. So I'm wondering what do you do when you need to get creative and develop <laughs> ideas? Yeah, I just laugh because I have too many ideas. I'm usually trying to bottle them in and like not be not be overly creative. Um, you know, we we spoke about kind of taking less time, mm-hmm. and um, I think sometimes you know I have this fallacy. A lot of entrepreneurs have this fallacy of if you are working hard and you're doing um, you know, you're doing better at your business. But my best ideas come from when I'm relaxed, well fed, and at rest. If I go on holiday suddenly have all these business ideas and I'm taking things in because your mind it's almost like you kind of have space for it and I think when you create space in your life then that allows kind of new ideas to fill it almost Mm -hmm. when I'm like hammering work every single day you often can't see the solutions Mm -hmm. take a day off and come back to it I'm like oh why did I do this before or I didn't realize this and it's kind of like a, a fresh set of eyes Next, I kind of wanted to focus a bit on what motivated you to start again. So you had your first business experience, but for multiple reasons, it didn't work out. You're now successfully running your second business, and it's growing, and you're looking at upscaling. So I wanted to kind of take you back to that point before the second business started, and just, yeah, really kind of dig down into what what motivated you to start again. I was carrying a lot of the... The, the, the debt payments that I had for my first business. So I was kind of like, I have to keep going. There isn't really much, there isn't really much of an option here. But I think, you know, they got to a, a point a few years ago. I had this one of that existential crisis of like, oh, I could actually stop if I wanted to, you know, like I could just go get a normal job and I don't, I don't have to keep, you know, doing this in business if I don't enjoy it. And I mean, my mum said similar and I was just like, oh, but I just love it. Like, I just really, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I love, I love testing new ideas and making it work. I, mm-hmm. I fancy myself almost, almost like an inventor who's constantly tinkering with something. I see that in a very kind of digital business way, like, mm-hmm. and I love that process. And what I realize is that when you don't have targets and investors and all these things that I put on myself, I really fell back in love with that process because mm-hmm. I, I removed all of that pressure from myself and it was just, it just became fun again. Like I'm just going to push this out to market and let's just see if anybody purchases it, if we get any customers. And if they do, then great. And if they don't, then there's no pressure there. And I really enjoyed that. I can hear in your voice when you're talking about that process of having an idea, developing it, testing it out with customers, 
just how energised you are and how <laughs> yeah. buzzing you are talking about that. So I can really hear that. That's, yeah. that's amazing. It's, it's, it's probably, like, I do know that this is, this is, like, everything I want to do more. It's so fun that this is how I get to kind of spend my days. It's like I'm mad in them to just kind of like, will anybody purchase this? Okay, nobody did. So let's try and do it like this. Let's have a go like that. I guess, like, I'm very aware that we might have a current student or recent graduate who's listening to this who is feeling at this point in time, like, walking away from their business. I'm just wondering what you might say to them. I needed to step away and that was the best decision I ever made in my life was taking the break from that and I often say to people okay just because that business didn't work or just because that business didn't work right now that doesn't mean you're not an entrepreneur that doesn't mean you're not meant to be in business sometimes people put so much energy and they push out to the market and they feel like they can't quite let it go you know I often say like you are not your business you know there is a bit of I'm not saying everybody should kind of give up on every business idea. If you have something that's working, then definitely carry up with it. If it's just time and energy, you can always take breaks. So if you ever see those artists that just go away for 10 years and we're all like crying out for another album and they just come back and they randomly do one, yes. you can think like that in your business to your customers. Just because you put one product out doesn't mean you have to put another one out the next month. If you want to take a six-month hiatus, then you can put it on pause and pick it back up after you've got your degree. There's no, no one saying it all has to be right now. I love it. And it goes back to what you were saying before about you set a timeline that's right for you and that's healthy for you. You may have already covered this, but I'm just wondering if you could tell us one thing that you wish someone had told you before you founded a company, what would that be? <laughs> okay, so the first thing is, is that I think just because you're able to raise investment does not mean you have a like a, a working product and a good business and I say that because I, so I, I'd made money for like two months raised investment off the back of that was never able to achieve those numbers again for the next two three years and I had that's what I think a lot of the pressures that I'm constantly trying to get back to that I thought that a barometer of a good business was the fact that people had invested in me or the fact that everybody around me was telling me that I had a good business mm-hmm. and I say this on the flip side as well everybody is saying that you don't have a good business or oh I'm not sure if I purchased that don't listen to them let the market decide also on the flip side if everyone's like oh it's a great business oh you're going to be this whatever but the market isn't telling you that you also can't listen to them the only thing you can really listen to and get feedback from is the market and when I say that that is are people buying your products and services are you growing these tools are people engaging with you not even do you have followers because we had a lot of service stuff we had celeb deals we had nearly 20,000 followers on Instagram in three months. We had investors tripping over to invest. But nobody was making purchases on the website. So I remember I said to my dad, like, oh, we've got Kylie Jenner. I asked for work with us. And we had this. And we had Idris Elba wanted equity. And my dad just went, yeah, that's all well and good. But how much money is in the pill? And I was like, oh, dad, you don't get it. He was so right because that was what really mattered. Mm-hmm. And he, he could see that well before well before I did so I wish somebody basically told me that those things are great and they're great add-ons and I'm not taking away from all of those cheap stuff but at the end of the day that isn't the lifeblood and you know the cash flow is the lifeblood of business and that's mm. what, what I needed to be focused on and concerned on. You had that initial experience you've learned from it you're now running your second company which is 
successful and you're looking to grow. Can you tell us a bit about your hopes for the future of Hustle Limited? I've not raised any investment. It's all completely bootstrapped and it's growing and profitable and I'm very happy with that. In fact, I'm overjoyed with it. My kind of dream is to almost be some kind of venture studio in that we're able to spin out these other companies underneath Hustle Limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to do all of that without raising any investment, but going on this journey and continuing on this journey and knowing that this is the way I want to do things, it scuppers me and it puts limits on my growth and ideas because mm-hmm. it's very high risk reward raising investment. And I'm pretty sure if somebody said, oh, do you want a million pounds now? And all that, I would go straight back, do this, so we're going to do that. <laughs> and just kind of, you know, taking all these high risk, um, mm-hmm. ventures and these high, high risk stakes. Which sometimes they do pay off, sometimes they don't. But I tell you what, with all my own money, I'd make a lot more smart decisions and a lot more kind of measured decisions. You really have those two contrasting experiences, and bootstrapping, starting lean, is really paying off. If I did a part-time job, starting with my business, and kind of managing A levels. And I know that it can be uh, stressful, but what I think I just kind of parting words is just trying to inject some fun back into it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not meant to, to have pressure. It, it, it's meant to be something that, you know, is, is enjoyable for you. If you're a current Sussex student, or if you graduated within the last three years, the Entrepreneurship Team and the Careers and Employability Centre are here to support you. Whether you're curious to find out more, want to develop a business or social enterprise idea, or if you want to find out about being an innovator within a company, we would love to hear from you. Contact us at entrepreneurship at sussex.ac.uk or visit our web pages for more details. sussex.ac.uk forward slash careers. <laughs>